With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, see, that is so much better than talk shoe. It's not waiting to record. It just records right now. That's right. all. Thank you for okay, that. Okay, so... Everybody, this uh, this is Tad, and uh, we this is uh, October the seventh, two thousand twenty-one, and we're here tonight again with Carrie on the new number. I don't know how long we're going to have this new number. Um, I guess as long as Talkshu has their head up their butt, we'll just keep using this one. So, and for those of you that don't know. The reason why we're using this number is because TalkShoe, they have some little feature malfunction that exposes everyone's phone numbers to the public. And, and hold on, and, and name. Okay, I don't, I don't recall the name part, but yeah. Well, it, it I know my name was there. Right, so... Um, the last call that I did like that, I've deleted it, and I'm not going to do any more calls like that until that problem is resolved because everybody's name and phone number is really no one's business. It should be private, and it's not. So, But here on freeconferencecall.com, it is. So we're going to use this one until uh, TalkShoe does better, and if they don't, we just, we just might make it permanent. So... All right, so Carrie. Yes. Heath. Um, I had a request. Give me just a moment. I gotta bring this up. I have a request also. Uh, okay. So the huh? I have a request too. Okay, real quick. Take you, why don't you tell us? Take your, you out back and take you out back and beat the tar out of you. Well, that's going to be very difficult because I don't have any tar. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Right, go ahead. And get, what's your request? Um, tell your story one more time, and, okay. uh, and then I'll I'll start off with a question. Okay. The reason I'm sharing this because it came up again today, but. What we have is I have a lady that's a nurse, and uh, they're, they're, they're asking them to get tested every week. <clears throat> and so they get tested every week because they feel like they should because they're, you know, with the, in the hospital. <clears throat> so anyway, the hospital came back and told them that they were going to have to pay for it themselves. And um, so now that they're paying for it themselves, the hospital said they can't really afford it because they've got, you know, probably three or 400 nurses or however many, depending on the size of the deal. Anyways, um, she asked me uh, what I can do. I said, well, you, you can fire her. And she said, I need the job. So anyways, I wrote up a contract for her telling her that um, she's ready, willing, and able to take the COVID test. There's no problem on her side whatsoever. But since they wanted her to do it, it's, uh, she, can't, she's, she hasn't got the money to pay for it. So by signing this contract, you agree, I agree that I'll take the test and you agree that you'll pay for it. And she gave it to the hospital. Everybody on, that, everybody on her floor has, has to take the test except her. Now, the reason I did that, because I have another lady who's a nurse, and they want her to take the, the they want her to get the COVID shot because the state mandates now that she has to take the COVID shot, and there's nothing wrong with it, and it's not going to hurt her. So we're putting together another contract, very similar. But we're, so the question is, is the shot going to affect me in a negative way? They said, well, no. 
good. Since it won't hurt me in any negative way, we're working on the contract now basically saying, since it's not going to hurt me, you'll sign this. If it does, you pay me $100 million because it hurt me. And then she, she signed it and gave it to him. They haven't signed it yet. And so what, if, if it's, and, and, and think about this. If it's not going to hurt her, then, then there's no reason not to sign it. How long ago was that? Well, we're working on that one right now. She hasn't turned it in yet. We, we, I, I started it today. I started on it today, but the other one's about three months old. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So so for three months, she hasn't had to be tested. Awesome. That's cool. Okay, so... Um, I got somebody that sent me a request. He says, uh, this person says, I don't want to ask live on the call, but would you mind spending a few minutes going over the basics of what the purpose of using the tax court is and how the claim of not receiving notice of deficiency, notice of determination is important. Also, regulations 6011, 6012, 6013A. Absolutely. Are you you want me to start now or you want to wait? Um, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Okay. First of all, I don't know who asked the request, and that's I don't need to know. If someone would look up for me, Title Twenty Six, Sixty Two Twelve, and Sixty Two Thirteen, that's the notice of deficiency and the notice of determination. If you look that up, we're going to read it, and in there, it's going to in there, it's going to tell you why we do it. And then the other question was, um, what was the what was the other one? Six zero zero one six zero one two. Yes. Okay. And then okay. And 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 then this and and I'll I'll tell you. Uh, I'll start with that one while they look up because I'll need some help with that one because I'm not in front of my computer. So I need somebody to look up 26, Title 26, Section 6212, and then Title 26, 6213. Now, if you get a letter in the mail or you get indicted or you get a um, lien or a levy put upon you, the lien or the levy is going to be from um, uh, 7701B1 or something on that grounds. Now, I want you to understand something. How can they legally put a lien on you if it's not under 6001, 6011, or 6012A and their regulations? So Title 26 is 16,000 pages. It's it's almost, um, it's about a foot and a half thick. There's volume one and volume two. So the question is, when you get a letter in the mail, uh, it's going to say to you that we're writing this letter. We uh, you did. Uh, we noticed that you didn't file your 1040 uh, according to uh, Title 26-6941-B1L or whatever it is. Well, that letter is is illegal. You can now answer that letter. So they only have three legal. Um, they only have three legal. Um, statutes in all of Title 26 that they can do. Now, I'm going to ask a question if somebody would would hit uh, star six when I ask uh, it. Yeah, hold on. And this is going to end. This is going to help with this question. Now I forgot the question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I... Um, yeah, and I forgot the. I think it's star. I think it's star six. Come well, it is. Um, raise your um, hand. It, you don't have to. You don't raise your hand on this one. You just hit star six. You could. I don't know. <laughs> okay. You might. You might. You might. We use this on another call. But for an example, okay, um, will some if somebody will come on board and and and, and let me know you're here. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you the significance. Of uh, the IRS's legal right of 6001, 6011, and 6012A and the regulations. 
If somebody will come on, come on and let me know you're here, I'm going to show you the significance of that. Q&A session. Star six. That is correct. So those of you that can answer that, hit star six. Okay. Let's try this one. Go ahead. Hello? <clears throat> yes. Hello. How are you? Good. This is Henry. Okay, Henry, I'm going to ask you a question, okay? Yes. I need you to pick up 45 pounds of cocaine, put it in the back seat of your car, and drive it to a location to drop it off for me. Would you do that? No. Why? It's against my principles. I don't care about your principles. This ain't about your principles. So so we don't care about your principles. There's another reason you shouldn't do it. What would that be? Um, well, I could get arrested. Okay, why could you get arrested? Because on the public codes, it says possession of that much cocaine is against their law. Okay, and they, now wait a minute. They got a bigger so, gun than me. <laughs> okay, so in other words, it's illegal. Would you agree with that? According to their laws, yes. Okay. Um, so the question is, if 6001, 6011, and 6012A and the regulation is their only legal right, that means anything else they do, they're asking you, to go get 45 pounds of cocaine and ride around your car in it. It's that serious. So if it, what's the opposite of illegal? Illegal. So that means if they write you a letter and say that according to uh, 4926.25 of the Internal Revenue Code, that's illegal. This, this entire thing is now illegal. It's not just uh, not against your morals or it's against your um, fortitude or it's against what you believe in. It's illegal. See? And when yep. it's illegal, we, we now have traction. The person that writes that letter, the reason they don't sign them is because if they sign them, I've got somebody to go after and put them in prison. Why? Because it's illegal. Now, I hope that answered the question, 6001. 6011 and 6012A is the only legal right the IRS has to communicate with you. Now, if you would, if somebody would look up Title 26, 6012, 60, I'm sorry, 6212, if you would look that up, it's real short, we're going to read it, and I'm going to show you what it says. I got it up here. Okay, now I want you to read that for me. Not, we're not in a hurry. Don't read it fast, but read it so I can stop you and point out what it says. Go ahead and read it, please. Okay, 26 U.S. Code 6212, Notice of Deficiency. Okay, Fair now hold on a minute. This is, this is the Notice of Deficiency. Go ahead and read it now. Okay. Paragraph A, in general, if the secretary determines that there is a deficiency in respect of any tax imposed by subtitles A or B or Chapter 41, 42, 43, or 44, he is authorized to send notice of such deficiency to the taxpayer by certified mail or registered mail. Such okay, now, hold it. Hold it right there. So... If you get a notice of deficiency in the mail and it is not certified or registered, then it's not a notice of deficiency. It's something else. It tells you what has to be there. So in order for the secretary, that would be in order, in other words, if the IRS says you're, you have a notice of deficiency, this is what they have to do. If they don't do that, then you'd never received one. Now I'll go ahead and finish reading that. Such notice shall include a notice to the taxpayer of the taxpayer's right to contact a local office of the taxpayer advocate and the location and phone number of the appropriate office. Okay, now I'll just stop right there. That's good enough. That gives us that gives us everything that we really wanted. Now, what they're saying there is 
if the secretary says you're short, you're short on tax money, they have to give you a notice of deficiency. That notice of deficiency must be sent certified or registered. They don't send them certified or registered in 99% of the cases. And the reason for it is they're not signed, they're not written right, and they don't contain that information. Therefore, they're sending you something using the mail, and it's, it's not correct. So there's one thing. If you would read 6213, uh, 62, and then it, it really says 6213A. Let's read 6213A. Okay. 6213A? Yes. Okay. 26 U.S. Code 6213, restrictions applicable to deficiencies petition to tax court. Paragraph A, time for filing petition and restriction on assessment. Within 90 days or 150 days, if the notice is addressed to a person outside the United States, after the notice of deficiency authorized in Section 6212 is mailed. Not okay. Or whatever. Hold on a minute now. So it's required after it's been mailed. So when does your so when does your ninety days start? Uh, after the notice of deficiency is mailed. Okay, if you never get a notice of deficiency, then your 90 days never starts. Our contingency is I never received it, and it says in 62.13 it's required. So if it's required and you don't get it, then, then, then their, whole, their whole basis now is, is wobbly. In other words, they're building their entire case on the notice of deficiency and the notice of determination. That's the cornerstone. If you don't get one, then everything that you do from now on, you're, you're going to argue an argument you can't win. Now, uh, get, if you will, give me another name for notice of deficiency, notice of determination. What's another name for that? Uh, okay, let me help you with it. It's a claim. Okay, well, what is a claim? Well, if, if you never received it, that means you never got a claim. So in other words, you owe me $100,000. How can you owe $100,000 if there's never been a claim? So now the IRS is going to say, well, you, well we're going to put a lien on you for $150,000. How can they do that when you never received a notice of deficiency or a notice of determination, which would be the claim telling you that you owe that amount? So how did they get that amount? That amount then was PFA'd. What, what do I mean by PFA? Pick from air. In other words, they're saying, well, you owe blank. Well, how would you get that when you never received the claim? So what we're trying to do is we're trying to put the genie back in the bottle. We're trying to make them do what they're supposed to do. 6212 says um, they ha they, they're supposed to send it to you certified or registered. In, in 6213, it says it, it, it has to, it, it's required. So if you don't get a requirement, how in the world, if you don't get a requirement, how in the world do you owe it? Does that make sense? To uh, Hopefully I've answered that properly. You can read the rest of it, but it, 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 the rest of it isn't as important as the part that you read. But you, by, by all means, if you want to read the rest of it, go ahead and do it. So here's my question. What was your name, Henry? Yes. Okay. okay, now, because of all this information, um, I'm a contractor. I, I'm a contractor. I'm going to send you a, uh, I want my, my $10,000 for uh, re remodeling your bathroom. When am I going to get my money? When the work is done. See how simple that is? Well, you won't pay me 10000 in advance? You won't send me $10,000 first? You won't give me $10,000 before I start? Well, no, why would you? See? <laughs> yeah. see? See? But, but, okay. In other words, you want an estimate first to see if you're going to do it, and, and then, you want, then after I'm done, you're going to want an invoice. Well, one of, those is the, it, it, one of those is the estimate, and one of those is the invoice. All we're saying is we, we want 
we want them to tell us what it is we owe. All they're doing is they're putting a notice of lien on us on the grounds. We did, we own 200000 or 50000 or 10000 or 8000 yet we never received a notice of deficiency or notice of determination. Well, ain't that something? Now, um, Henry, if you will, while you're there, if you would put in uh, Internal Revenue Code or put in um, um, Publication 1 um, IRS, when it comes up, I'm going to read you what the Publication 1 even says about these two. I'm trying to get you a full circle here so you understand why we go to the tax court and what this does to them in the event that they come after you and try to get your money if they go to the bank. You know, when you go to the bank and the bank says, well, we have to take it. Why? Well, the IRS said, okay, well, can I see what the IRS said? In my experience, the bank says, well, they just said that we had to, we had to take your money. Well, who said it? Well, the IRS. So what we're doing is I now have a certified copy from the tax court signed by the judge, uh, uh, petitioned by the commissioner. So in other words, I have the highest man at the IRS and a judge signing saying I never received the requirements for them to put the lien on me. So now what I can do is I can drag the bank in. If I want to drag the bank in, I can bring the bank in now, either give me my money back or you're going to be held liable for it. Because, see, the bank won't show it to you because they don't get it. What they do is they'll email it to them or something, and there won't be any signatures on it. Now, Henry, do you have title uh, – I mean, do you have publication one? Yes. Um, all right. Now, I don't. You, would you read what the name of it is, what the heading on it is? It's your rights as a taxpayer. Okay, another name for it is Taxpayer's Bill of Rights. Same yeah, thing. That's, that's yeah. same as, okay, now I want you to read number three. Just read number three. You can read them all if you want to, but read number three if you will. The right to pay no more than the correct amount of tax. Taxpayers okay. have the taxpayers Go ahead. I'm sorry, have I Taxpayers have the right to pay only the amount of tax legally due, including interest and penalties, and to have the IRS apply all tax payments properly. Okay, so here's my question. I never received the notice of deficiency. I never received the notice of determination, so there is no amount that I owe. So now they're trying to collect $150,000 that's more than I owe, and the reason I know it's more than I owe because I never received any kind of nothing. So in other words, this is I'm not going to stand there and, and tell them I don't have to pay, I don't want to pay. I'm going to tell them I want to pay, but I didn't but I haven't been I haven't received what I'm required what they're required to give me. That's our stance. Our stance is not that you don't have to pay, we don't want you to pay. In fact, we want you to pay, but we want the IRS to follow the law and do what they're supposed to do. Therefore, you'll be treated fairly. You'll only owe what you owe. You don't have to owe anything extra. But if they don't tell you what you owe, they don't give you the invoice and they don't give you the the, um, the, uh, the estimate, then no matter what they say, they're, they're asking you to pay more than you owe. I hope that answered your question, sir, whoever that was that, that, that sent that in. All right, Henry, does that answer your question? Well, that wasn't my question. I was just offering to oh. read. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it was right. very helpful. Uh, I've got somebody else that's been waiting, so i got to let you go. Yeah, thank you, Henry, quick, for your... I had one quick sure. question for Carrie, though, real quick. Okay, okay. Um, you talk about that you had a glossary page that you took into court with you? Yes. Is there any chance uh, you could share that glossary page with us? There's not a chance in the world. <laughs> oh, well. Yes, there yeah. is. Yes, sir. Yes, there is. I believe Tad has it. If you'll, if you'll go on his website, youhavetheright.com, ask him for it. He'll send it to you. Okay. Now, now it's not very long. But it doesn't matter. All it does is, it, it, is, is, see, what I have to know is I have to know what you're saying. See, it's the same thing here. Well, what is a notice of deficiency? What is a notice of determination? Oh, they're required, and it's the estimate, and it's the invoice. It's a claim. 
So if you don't have a claim, how much do you owe? I don't owe anything. That the IRS said I owed them something. Now we got see now we have them trapped. And it also says they have to they have to only charge you what you owe. How can they charge you what you owe if they haven't ever charged you? Correct. And so and so the the glossary page, what it does is it holds them, it's got oh, I don't know, it's only got probably forty words on it, but but those words are words that they use all the time that I make them answer it and if they if, if they don't agree with it, if they don't cross it off and change it, then I don't know what they're saying. So what they're talking is they're talking a language I don't understand. Therefore, I protect myself one more time against um, um, getting a letter in the mail and it goes gobbledygook, gobbledygook. Well, I don't know what that is. See, this protects me from all of that. But to answer your question, of course you can have it. Um, you don't, you know, go on, uh, get with Tad, and if he, he I'm uh, sure he right has it if he doesn't. You, right, and, and ask for it. He'll send it to you. If he doesn't have it, I'll get it to him. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Henry, thank you, for re- thank you for reading that. Okay. Shula Vista, California. How do I do this? Uh-oh. There we go. Okay. Shula Vista, you're next. Go ahead. 619. Hey, Carrie. This <clears throat> Carrie, how you doing? Thanks, Tad. All right. The, uh, yep. Related to your story about the jab, there's some kids over in Indiana. They did a mask mandate for the kids, and uh, they put out a letter about the mandate to limit the quarantines at home that were going on. So I told the kid <clears throat> on the call, I said, usually the school provides goods and services to you, and they get paid for it. Well, now the school is asking you to provide goods and services to them, so we we will conditionally we conditionally accept our offer just by saying that uh, we agree to wear the mask upon proof that the mask does not cause psychological or physical harm, and until and until the mask until you prove the mask does not cause physical or psychological harm, um, the serv- goods and services can't be provided. And then the, then we had the the kids turn around and write up a W four for five thousand dollars a day for the goods and services and issued a, a withholding on the W-4 on line 4C of $120,000 and sent the conditional offer off to the IRS. And the, the next week, that was on a Friday, and the next week um, the kids got called in to the supervisor's office and says, you guys don't have to wear a mask. See? Now there, see that? Now that's outside the box. I like that more than, I, I like that more than what I did. I love it. Um, <laughs> I've done that. I've done the same thing last year with Walmart and all these stores demanding I wear a mask. So I provided the goods and services, and I'm charging 5000 to 15000 depending if I have to cover my nose or not, uh, and take all those receipts, proving I was there, add them all up. Because and, and, the policy only applies to employees. So if they're, if they're applying the policy to me, then I must be a de facto employee, but they never bargain the price for, for, for the goods and services. So I assess the value 5000 or 15000 and it goes on a W-4 because I'm an employee that was never paid, which means they withheld my pay, and that line 4C is the extra amount that they withheld from me, and now it's assessed as a tax against the corporation for my providing goods and services to Walmart or Strouds or what, any of these stores out there. See? Now – now what you need to do is do a do a 1040 form and put that on there as uh, payments you got pay, uh, money that you they took from you and get, get the withholding section down in the withholding section. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah get you a yep. check. See, now that's okay, what say, I'm talking Carrie, about. Carrie, say that see? again. Carrie, say that okay, one more time. He, okay, if he did what he and I know he did it, he gave that to him. That means that they were withheld five thousand dollars as an example. On your ten, W on your 1040, you would put down there withholding five thousand um, dollars. How much money did you make? Zero. So then you they would the IRS will send you a check for five thousand dollars for goods and services you were not paid for. Yep. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. And, and my and the, and the receipt is proof I was there. Oh my God, that's awesome! Oh, you'll bankrupt them that way. So what? Well, no, they, they, yeah. they they got a bailout. They got a bailout for all this COVID stuff. They're getting paid. Yeah. Okay. Um, paid again. All right. And so, Carrie, I, 
I don't know what that is. Remember, I got a, I, I did the consent decree when they said um, dismissed for 12b6. I filed the consent yep. decree. It was ac- it was accepted, and I got a certified copy. So now that now that I'm friends with the commissioner, I'm not enemies with the commission anymore. Well, now I'm friends with them. I'm 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 coming back, and the the judge ordered that to the extent that that petitioner seeks relief is denied. Well, I didn't ask for relief, which re, which I'm required to. But he's telling me come back in and seek relief by saying to the extent you've done it's denied, giving me a clue. Come back in and ask for relief. Now that the de- now the determination's done, that I don't have a liability. So how I'm going to come back in is I'm going to do a petition and supplemental hearing, and I'm coming in on behalf of the commissioner as relator. And then for the respondent, for the respondents, it's going to be my employee name and my employee ID administered by company XYZ. For each one of these name and numbered accounts, that account is being administered by that corporation who never paid the taxes on that credit application which funded the whole operation. And so I'm going to come back in on behalf of the commissioner to enforce Title 26-2603 tax liability under Subtitle A and use the tax court subpoena system to get the QCIP numbers, the overhead rates, the Money Net Daily Transaction Report, Log 120, showing the source and destination of funds, and get an accounting from these credit cards, bank accounts, employment, uh, tax cases, and use the tax court subpoena to get the QCIP numbers and all the accounting so I can assess the withholding to get recoup all that credit that's tied to my social that they never paid taxes on and never returned my credit. See, there you go. And again, that's going to go on the uh, form as um, as as what you you paid in because you got the yeah. I love this. Now, see, man, I like this. This is this is now. You, you can stay at home and watch TV, eat bomb bombs, and get paid. <laughs> I, I like the I like the idea. I like I like the idea of these people at these corporate at the jobs that screwed me over I'm going to send them individual tax ta- uh, subpoenas from the tax court to produce records individually they have to produce records to show they didn't make didn't make false statements when they terminated me which they did and that's a taxable termination and a false statement under title 1578 FF is a 25 million dollar penalty okay now you can sit home and watch a big screen TV and eat my mouth <laughs> Because a lot of times, a lot of times, people get this order for dismissal, but an order is just an offer. So if I if if I got that because I got that order, I went ahead and made the agreement, agreeing to the order with a consent decree. I put an order section. I think I sent it to you. It's under Smoking Baby, and uh, there's an order section, and I wrote my own decree. And now that I have an agreement with the commissioner, now I can come back in and do this accounting, demand the accounting to do the assessment of the of the uh, credit that was issued and recoup all that credit. Right. So you got to understand something. When you work and you get nothing, all this is this is what this is what happens. See, and, and I love that. See, when you're anytime you're outside the box, I love that kind of thinking. See, that's really really good. I can see where you. And you know what? You're going to be. You're going to start getting paid. You're going to have more money than you can spend. I want to you know be, the interesting I thing. Be, I want to be your baby. I want to be your smoking baby. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know the. Uh, let's say the last job I made a hundred thousand a year. That was the pay rate. So when I turned in that credit application, job application, that letter of credit that funded the entire work relationship. That was the credit right. that paid the overhead rate and my bill of lading biweekly timesheet. The fun part is when they charter that vessel, name and social security number of the vessel, when they charter that vessel, the vessel has to retire at 75 years. That's under Title 46. The vessel has a man, domestic vessels have a mandatory 75 year age retirement. So if I was 55 at the time I was hired at $100,000, they, they pull down the entire credit line to front load the, front, front load the charter, which means $100,000 a year for the next 20 years is how much credit they pulled down. But when they terminated me, when they threw me off the vessel, they never returned my credit line. So now I get to go back in and assess the un, the principal amount they never returned. I get to assess and get that entire credit line back. There you go. That's going to be $25 bucks. 
Yeah. So, but smoking, yeah. so, smoking baby, would you be willing to uh, come on another recorded conference call with Carrie, just the three of us, yeah. when we talk about when we talk about these strategies? Yes, yes, I'll be happy to. I, I do the same thing with all my utilities. I add up all the all the charges and all the payments, and take all the coupons, say pay to the treasury, and I put it on a W four and send it off to the uh, IRS. Now, because the W four has statutory teeth in it, that means there's enforcement with a with a W four under Subtitle C. Everyone has to pay thirteen percent towards my Social Security Medicare, and it also establishes the basis for the recoupment with a ten ninety nine A and a uh, or, or on the bottom of the 1040, it, it, it creates the basis for recoupment using the W-4. All right, well, listen, we got some other people that have their hand raised. Okay. So I'll, I'll get back to you here shortly, and, and we'll see what we can do. Hey, Smoking Baby, thank you for that. Okay, he's gone. Yeah. Let me see, hold on. Now, do you see what happens when you when you put people together that think? I love it. I know. know. It gets the blood rolling. Okay. All right. Um, Okay, darling. Hey, darling and darling. My head is spinning after that guy. Holy mother (laughs) of God. He he is like a walking freaking cyclopedia. Is he like Rain Man or what? Damn. Well, Anyhow, maybe he can help me with my quit. Well, I'm sure you can, Carrie, but we probably can all get out of this. So uh, last year my brother was killed, and the IRS is trying to come after. How, how can a dead person pay taxes? That's easy. That's oh, super God. easy. Now, let me tell you how. If you go to the if you go to the cemetery, all names on the gravestones are in all capitals. Now, right. you look at it. Okay, anything they send you is in all capitals. That's how right. they do it. Okay, so you so as far as they're concerned, you're dead too. Right. No, I know that. Right. That's how. But but here's lunch, my lunch, lunch. here's but here's my question is is that my brother who's handling the estate he's like I can't pay you guys out because I'm afraid um, the taxes that Mike owes I'm like screw the taxes just give us our money I don't mean to be greedy but I'm just like no just just pay us but he's all up in fear that he's going to end up paying taxes. Well, I have a way to help you with that. Get with okay. that afterwards, and, and I'll show you how right. to get out, get out of that. We'll get out of that pretty simply. Now. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Bye, darling and darling. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. And was there something else you wanted to say? There's still... Um, I think Smoking Baby wanted to uh, weigh in. Go right ahead. Come on, come on in. Let him weigh in. If the if the executor is failing to do their job, I have a I have a publication I can send to Tad to get to her. It's called A Good Night's Sleep. It's a, a 4810. There's 4810, 5695, and a form 56, and a good night's sleep. And it's for the elder people about this whole wrapping up of the estate. And if the executor fails to perform, the beneficiaries can bring an adverse probate action to compel the executor to perform. Wow. I'm involved in a pro- I'm involved in a probate case now, so that's how I know all this stuff. <laughs> I'm pro- man, I'm happy to hear that because we can get out from under this stuff. There's also a way do your taxes Uh-oh. and do them properly. Uh-oh. Oh, what happened? Smoking baby, are you still there? Shoot. Mary? Yeah. What was your question, what was your question real well, quick? Well, no, well, so, but here's the, here's the deal is 
there's a um, an accountant because he was self-employed, and the probate attorney are in cahoots. So do we go after them? Okay, let's ask well, him and find out. I'm going to disconnect you here, okay? Okay, thank you. Oh, thank you for asking. Okay, go ahead, smoking <coughs> baby. Yeah. So the, there's a form 4810, a prompt assessment. It's one of the forms. And they use the IRS insolvency officers to come in and do a, a, a determination on the value of the estate or assist with the determination of the value of the estate. And there's another publication by a lawyer named Elliot, and it says, uh, death waits for no one, not even the IRS. And it goes into the uh, 2373, the 10492, and the 4490, a statement, statement of taxes, a claim of taxes and a proof of claim of taxes, and I'll send both those publications over. And those, the uh, the attorneys, were the were the attorneys hired, or are they stepping in as uh, vultures in the middle? We don't know. This thing will only do one one call. Okay. So so, so, so that's if those, why you if those disconnected. If those attorneys, if those attorneys are st just stepping in. They need a warrant of attorney before they can actually do anything, and um, and then you would want their W nine information so you can assess liability against them for their ten ninety nine Rs and keep track of all the money they're looting the estate for when they send it off to their Alice accounts over in Bermuda, where they have all these lawyers and lord judges have their retirement accounts in Bermuda in England, of course, because they're Bar Temple. So I'll send both those publications over. IRS is a claimant on the estate. And the Elder Law 1212, where it talks about a good night's sleep, that the, how the executor is supposed to perform. All right, thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Okay, so I think Martha has a question now. Hello, hey Terry, hey Ted. I do have a question. How can the IRS say they are intending to levy, but they're actually levying you? What is the difference between the intent to levy and the, they haven't ever said anything that they're going to levy. They did levy, but I don't have a levy. I just have an intent to do so. Okay, see, that's the problem. Now, the reason we go to the tax court is for that reason, because you, you never received a statutory notice of deficiency or a notice of determination. Therefore, that stops that. See, the reason they do it, because if they call your company on the phone and say, hey, I'm the IRS levy this account, they just do it. They don't even have anything in a lot of cases. See, it's all done by smoke and mirrors. So what we're doing is the reason we go to the tax court so that you can take your tax court order to your company or to the bank or to the Social Security Administration and give it to them. And then if they don't follow it, you can now go after the, the uh, Social Security on the grounds they're violating the court order. They're in contempt of court. Because the IRS is very difficult to get to, as everybody knows. So what I put together <coughs> is an argument that we can do a runaround. In other words, I can get, my, I can get the results that I want by not fort facing the IRS directly. And the reason for it is... I get a letter from Dallas, then I'll get one from Detroit, then I'll get one from Ogden, and then I'll get one from Florida. And, and see, so what's happening, it's like they don't even talk to each other. So this way, anything that I get, I've got an answer for them. Now, just to let you know, I, got a, I did. I got a letter. Uh, I, I called Tad on it. I'm going to say last week. For, um, and it says that they need another 90 days for my question that I asked in December of 2017. <laughs> well, they're actually so, levying me. Well, what you need to do, have you been to the tax court yet? Yeah, I have been the to the tax one, court. She's the first one that got the dismiss for failure to state a claim. So I'm thinking... Um, I was trying to get a hold of you today to discuss. Um, actually, I think I sent you her stuff for refiling for that year. Yeah, okay, I already sent that off. What we'll do is we'll get that. We'll just do it that way to get it stopped immediately. We just want to get it stopped first. First things first. So um, I'll let you know tomorrow. I'll talk to the guy tomorrow and find out. But 
what we have to do see is 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 going back to stating a claim see they admitted that they didn't give you one see they're admitting they didn't give you a notice of deficiency and then they're admitting they didn't give you a notice of determination because that's the claim so well i just didn't understand how the 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 agency can actually levy you when they don't have anything but an intent to do it. Well, they can't. But see, they can't. But but they do. Who's levying you? Is it your is it your company or is it uh, uh, who who's levying you? It it um I I've retired as a, a veteran and I get something from the VA okay. and they've already uh, levied that. You know, fifteen percent okay. is what they can levy of that. Right now. What we can do is I have a vet that I worked with. What I'll get you in contact with him, and he can talk to you. Um, they were levying 100% of his check, and we finally got everything back. And he's now he hasn't been bothered in four or five years, but he finally got everything that he had. Uh, in other words, they were taken from him. He got his entire check back. Now, it's a process. you got to understand something. They they can pick up the phone and and say something and it's done. We have that's what I put this together so we can run around the end. And then what happens is we chase them down. We don't have to be on defense anymore. So I can ha- I we can all we can do is just keep moving forward for you. We're going to do several things. We're going to do two or three things together to try to get you cleared up. And and I want to tell you, thank you for your service. I'm I'm, I'm impressed being able to talk to a vet. Um, I mean, I'm I'm humbled by it. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Martha. Thanks. And Martha, we'll take we'll work on that. I'll get a hold of this guy, and if you want to talk to him, um, you can talk to him. He's he's uh, very approachable, <coughs> and and we'll get in contact with him, and and you can talk to him and. And, and ask him if this if it works and all of that. And like I said, the problem we have is we once you start down the path, we you just have to go on down that path. And and I'll get you in charge. In charge. I'll get you in contact with him so that you can talk to him and ask him any concerns that you have and and listen to what he says because he's already done it. We've already he's already been there, been there, done that. But vets got we got to take care of our vets first. So thank you so much. Okay, thank you. You bet. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Okay. So, um, we got somebody from Beaufort, South Carolina. It's Ridgeland, South Carolina. Hi, Ted. Good evening, everyone. This is Carolyn. And I have a similar situation here. Um, I've been to tax court. And I have gotten my uh, dismissal because um, I'm being with uh, Social Security. And, um, and I sent everything to Social Security, the tax documents and everything, and they just ignored that and just right. said now, that they were... That, okay, that's right. Now, because you showed them your offense, you write Social Security a letter and tell them, I'm supposed to get two thousand dollars a month, and I'm only getting a thousand. I'm a thousand short. Why? See, you got ten days to tell me, or you're going to repl- or you're going to, or next month I'm going to get it. They're going to come back and they're going to say, "Well, the IRS said." Now, right? What happened? They did. Okay. Okay. Now, then, that's what we're going to build your. We can build your case on that. So then you're going to ask them, "What did they say? I want to see it." Well, I'm not going to show you. See, what they're doing is they're exposing themselves. You can sue the IRS, I mean the uh, Social Security, if it need be, because they're a part of the government. So here's what you said. Well, you, you can build a case. We can build a case against them. It does take a little bit of time, but you ask some key questions. Now, let me ask you a question, if you don't mind. I'm going to show you how this works, okay? Um, okay. Okay. Do, uh, do okay. you drive by any? Ch- do you drive by any chance? No, I do not. Okay, then how do you get around? I travel. Okay, now that you said that, you just shot yourself in the foot. Define travel for me. What is travel? 
Well, I well, I guess I have to drive. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you so you're a liar. See, this is what's happening to us because we have a preconceived thing. I told you I make no claims. Ask me the same question. Ask me the same question so I can show you how to answer everything when you deal with the government. Ask me the same question. Okay, do you drive? Thank you for asking. I don't know. What is driving? Hmm. Since you don't know, I guess I don't. See, now I've got something I can get traction on. Now let me ask you a question. What color is a red shirt? I guess is red. Okay, great. I'm going to bring in ten people that are blind and ask them the same question. What are they going to say? I guess is red. No, they don't know. They can't see red. They're blind, for God's sakes. They were born <laughs> blind, so they they don't know. So ask me the same question, so I can show you how you have to be careful. Ask the same question, so that we can set you up against them, so that when you once you strike, you strike to the heart of this. Ask me the same question. Okay, what color is the red shirt? Thank you for asking. To whom? Okay. To whom? I see. Okay. To, okay, to whom? To whom? Yeah, to whom? You asked me what color is a red shirt, and I said to whom? So since you don't know, I want that struck in. Now, you, now I've, got, I've struck two of your questions. You can't never use them again. So, to, okay, what color is a red shirt? To whom? To the person asking the question. Okay, I don't know. You're asking the question. I have no idea what color it is to you. I can't see through your eyes. Okay. So to so, so to whom? You got doesn't me. I don't know. To, it has to be me, doesn't it? To you. Doesn't it have to be mm-hmm. what color the red shirt to you, doesn't it? Right. Okay, well, I'm colorblind, and I can't see red, so it's brown. <laughs> you still can't use it. Okay. See, we have, to, we have to have an answer for the government because what they're doing to us is they'll ask a question. Do you drive? Nope, I travel. Oh, what's travel? Well, going from point A to point B. Oh, so if I get up in the middle of the night, walk to the bathroom, that's point A to point B. I just traveled? <laughs> See? Well, no, you went, you went to the bathroom. Okay, well, that's traveling. If I walk out to get my mail and come back in, I'm traveling? Well, what if I do it in my underwear? I travel in my underwear? See, I'm going to pin you down, and I'm going to make, I'm going to make a fool of you, and what's going to happen is you're going to finally get frustrated, throw your hands up, and say, just keep my money. See? So do you, do you drive? I don't know. What is drive so I can answer the question? See? Because, see, you, you have a preconceived question already of that I'm asking. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and, again, do not get offended by it. Can I ask you another personal question? Sure. Okay, are you a woman of color? What do you mean, a woman of color? See how simple that was? Okay, the definition of black is the absence of all color. The, the, the definition of white is the reflection of all color. So white people are meant people of color, and black people are people of no color. That's the definition. <laughs> See? But, but, but by my asking you and you saying it that way, now I can define it. Now, I'm so far off the center, they, that one's not going to work. See how that's what we're going to do to them. We're we're gonna we're gonna slowly move them off a of dead center so that they're out there they're out there flapping in the breeze where they can't help themselves. Now, back in 2000, the, uh, I sold 18-inch RCA satellite dishes. The satellite that fed that satellite dish was 50 uh, was 56,000 miles in space. When I put the satellite dish on the roof of a house, if I was off one quarter of an inch. When it got out to the satellite, how far was it off? Mm. 
I don't know. Over 3,000 miles. See, we've been doing it the same way for so long. We're 3,000 miles off. The IRS, we're giving it to them. They don't have to do anything. All they got to do is say something and, and, and see. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bring them back. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah. So what yeah. we're going to do is, is, okay, what we're going to do is, see, we're going to ask the, I, or we're going to ask the Social Security, why, why am I short on my money? I don't understand. Make them tell you. Now you've got their testimony. See? Well, that don't make no sense. You asked it. Well, what did the IRS say? Well, we're not going to tell you. Okay. Now I've got something that I can get traction on, and I can bend them really, really hard. I get leverage on what they just said. Doesn't that make sense? Makes sense. Okay. If I hit yeah. you on the bare foot, if I hit you on the bare foot with a hammer, would that hurt you? Of course. Really, a Nerf hammer would hurt you. What are you, a sissy? <laughs> an, an, an air. Wait a minute, an air hammer, a hammer that's just a, a, a one I've drawn on a piece of paper. That would hurt you. Boy, what a what a sissy. See, you see, you answered the question before you knew what I was talking about. That's how we. That's how I do everything. See. In other words, if I hit you on the foot with a hammer, would it hurt? I don't know. How big is the hammer? How far are you going to swing it? How how much does the hammer weigh? What's the hammer made out of? Now that you know everything, oh, you can hit me a, hit me five times with a Nerf hammer. They don't hurt. See? Okay. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, does that make sense? Okay. So write, write a letter to the Social Security and tell them I'm supposed to get X, but I'm only getting X. What's what's going on? You want it so, from them. So, Carolyn, go ahead and send that to yeah. me in the system, all yeah. right, and we'll review it, all right? Say that again, Ted? So, go ahead and write that letter out, send it to me in the system, and we'll review it, okay? Oh, okay. See, all what right. we're trying um, to do is we're going to help we're going to help you, but we need to get some traction. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank oh, you. My pleasure. Um, we're getting to the end of our call, Carrie, but we have smoking baby on here one more time. And one, not Mary. a problem. It's so. not a problem. Right, uh, if you want, yeah, as regard to Martha, I'm, I'm a veteran too, and I'd like to help her with that consent decree to settle oh, up that 12B6. And uh, and I just I, I subscribed to the Treasury Inspector General Tax Administration subscription, and a memorandum came out in the past week where it says the IRS must comply with Title 15 debt collection. So all the, so everything that applies to a debt collector is now stated, even though it's always been that way. They, uh, so we can use all the things, the improper collections and the False Statements Act by the IRS. We can hit the IRS with those. And I'll send over that. Wonderful. I'll send over that. I'll send over that memorandum. <clears throat> Please, right. we appreciate thank you. that. And Smoking Baby, thank you for your veteran. Being a, thank you for your uh, service. Thank you. Thank you for paying for it. Oh, man, I, I, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> All right, Mary. Hey, Mary. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're good. And again, also, Smoking Baby, thank you for um, your service, and I was happy to send you the money. Um, thank you, guys. You guys are the best. I can now sleep tonight. I'm just, oh, I'm so okay. excited. Oh, d- <laughs> darn it. Darn it. That makes me mad. <laughs> All right, Mary. Thank you very much. No, so, thank you. Okay. Before, but hold on, um, hold, hold on. Before we go, if you guys have any questions that we talked about tonight, go to the the website youhavetheright.com, dot com, and on there there's a, a way contact. to get in contact with a contact link. Click that contact link. Type in whatever it is you want. And he will get it, and then he will answer you, or um, I will. So we're um, here to service you. I think Go we ahead. have Henry repeating a question, so re- Go ahead, Henry. Henry is available. No problem. Henry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, is there a place to go? Are these calls recorded? Can we go? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> yes. yes. I can, be... Hold on. Hold on, Ted. Hold on. Henry, I can tell you where to go. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> Go ahead, Ted. Tell him where to get him at. Um, you Look up Tad's Talk Shoe. You can, like, Google it or whatever, and it'll come up. And um, I'll have this recording up there for replay um, sometime tonight. Even though it's not Talk Shoe? Correct. Okay. Talk Shoe will allow you to me. upload a recording. Oh, okay, very good. Okay. All Henry, right. thank you. Henry, also, thank you for reading that for us tonight. You're welcome. All right, take care. Um, real quick, Carrie. Yeah? 20. Oh, no. What happened? Uh, Miss O just joined us um, about 30 seconds ago. <laughs> bless her heart. Well, bless her heart, yes. Give her, tell her to go ahead and go online and, and listen to it, and she knows how to get a hold of us. And we'll, okay. be, we'll be glad to help her with anything that's not a problem. All right, everybody, thank you very much. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.